Welcome along to the Property Academy Podcast. I'm your host, Tippy Knight. I'm Andrew Nicholl. And to the show, we're talking about when property dreams turn into nightmares and the danger of trusting developers blindly. Now, Andrew, you must have noticed that there have been quite a number of developers trying to advertise themselves towards investors recently. I don't know if my phone is biased because I click on so much stuff and sign up for so much stuff. But So Mark Zuckerberg's listening to you. That's what oh, saying. Yeah, absolutely. I know you don't believe me, but he is. Anyway, I have noticed this, and I think probably one of the reasons, if it's not just my personal bias, is that investors, frankly, are better buyers than owner-occupiers. Because an investor might want to buy two or three or four properties over a number of years from a developer over time, whereas an owner-occupier, well, they're just buying a house for themselves. And <laughs> this might come across wrong, but David what was, are you going to say? David has cut it out if it is. Owner-occupiers, like first-home buyers, are much harder in terms of what they need than an investor, because an investor just looking at the numbers. Owner occupiers, they're worried about all sorts of things. Like yeah, first time buyers worried about what's the school down the road for their kids. They're yeah. thinking about do they like the color of the paint and those things. Whereas investors are are a lot more methodical. Yeah, and, and so there are incentives for developers to get investors to buy from them, and that's fine. But there's a real risk when developers start putting out property investment information because. Number one, sometimes they don't even understand the stats that they're putting out. But number two, they're not always accurate. That's really an issue. And one of the ones we've recently talked about on one of our webinars and in one of your private property newsletters is one of these ones from Golden Homes. And yeah. I keep talking about it because it really hurt to me. So I got an email from, from Golden Homes. They do this investor update these days. <laughs> and it got emailed to me, uh, despite the fact that I didn't sign up for it. And it Same, was, actually. Yeah, so we've got free reign on publicising this. Yeah. So it was a four-bed, two-bath property in Horswell in Christchurch. And it was priced at a really good price, actually, 869500 So call it 870k, And they said the gross yield on that, 4.9%. And I always love it when I get emails like this because I think, hang on, I've found a new property that we could recommend to investors because that is an excellent gross yield and a good price for a property like that out in Horswell. Always nice when Ed tells me how to do my job. Well, what I like to do then is I like to dig into the details. I want to go do the due diligence. And one of the things that I picked up is that even though this was advertised as a fixed price property, there was about $42,000 worth of hidden costs in there. So if an investor buys that, there could be a significant amount of extra money they've got to shell out in order to purchase it. And the reason behind that is this type of property was a progressive payments bill. Now, for anybody new to the show, that means you pay for the property as it is being built. And for most investors, we're taking out a lot of debt from the bank in order to purchase properties. So as you've got to go and pay Golden Homes or another developer money for a progressive payments bill, you're taking out more money from the bank that means you're paying more interest on the loan, even though you don't have a tenant in there paying you rent yet. So you've got to cover all of those costs. And if you borrow all of the money, you know, we're estimating that it'd add up to about 42 grand worth of bank interest before you can actually purchase the property. So if you think about how much does it cost me to own this property? Well, it quickly goes from about 870K all the way up to about 911K, and the gross yield drops to about 4.7%. Now, even so, that is a pretty good gross yield for that specific area and for a standalone new build. And one thing I just want to address before I let you talk, Andrew, and hand you over the talkie stick is I have had investors say, Ed, why are you bagging on progressive payment builds so much recently? 
And I've got to admit, I have no issue with progressive payment build contracts. I've got no issue with investors going out, purchasing land or purchasing a house and land package from a developer. My issue is not actually with the contract. My issue is that people get caught out on the difference. And I don't think developers educate customers enough about what they're getting into. And Andrew, I know that you recently got an email from someone who did get caught out of the difference, which has kind of prompted us to record this episode. Yeah, and this is the real reason why we challenge some of this stuff, because people think we're just the meanies. We just, you know, we spot something and we pick on someone. No, we don't. We want people to make educated, informed decisions, because that's what matters. And this email, like, it struck a chord. So I'll read it to you. Hi, Andrew. Thanks for pointing this out. This was in regards to these hidden costs. I actually built a home with a developer a few years ago. It was sold as a house and land package, and I did get caught out by the progressive payment issue. I ended up having to get a second job to cover it. The bank interest costs. Yep. I also got caught out with the fence issue. What happened was the developer said that I'd have to pay 50% of the fence cost, and the neighbours would pay the other 50%. But when it came to the house being finished, the neighbour said, no, I'm not paying the other 50%. So I ended up getting stuck with the total price, which was huge. On top of that, I didn't realise the package didn't include any of the footpath steps to the ranch slider, which was a big drop, about 40 centimetres to the ground, and that cost another 5k. And then, finally, no driveway from the road to the property boundary, which was another 6k in permits and concrete. And so all up, this build cost another 36,000 to the end of it, and he'd never build with this developer again. And that's the sad thing. Now, in, in the case of the Golden Homes one that we're talking about in this episode, the driveway was included, the, the landscaping, like the patio, that was, that was all included. But in many progressive payments builds, they're not. So for this specific investor, they got caught out not just by the bank interest and had to get a second job to cover it, and I mean, good on them for doing what they needed to do in order to be able to get through it, but they also got lumped with an extra 36 grand worth of costs so if you were to calculate the gross yield from the start, it would be lower than what the developer was advertising because they're just advertising their fixed price, not including all of the extra money you're going to have to pay to own the property. And that's really what we should be thinking about. How much does it cost me to own this property? And then what is the gross yield going to be on my investment? Now, again, I don't hate progressive payments builds, but I hate when things are mismarketed and investors don't really fully know what they're getting into. And one of the big issues that we had with this Golden Homes promotion is that they were calculating the gross yield on an inflated rent figure. Now, again, there's plenty of developers giving incentives at the moment. I've got mixed views around that. But in this case, you know, you're calculating or you're giving an investor a gross yield based on a what you're saying is a rental guarantee of 820 a week. So that's going to be real, but only for two years. And so that's kind of misleading in my opinion. So just for anybody new to the show, explain how a rental guarantee works. Okay. So say for example, a developer says, look, we're going to give you a rental guarantee at 820 a week. If they then find a tenant at say 720 a week, a more normal market rent, then they have to top up that extra $100 for two years. So that the investor is absolutely going to get 820 a week, but it's propped up from a realistic market rent to this hydraulic market rent. Now, after that, your rent drops down to whatever the market rent is. Well, that leads to a good question there. So was 820 bucks a week, which was what it was advertised at, is that a fair market rent? No, not at all. So the developer actually put in a rental assessment in there from Harcourts 
and that assessed it at between 650 and 675 a week. So the actual yield based on that was closer to 3.8, not the 4.9% that was highlighted in this email. Well, what's really important to recognise as well is that a rental guarantee lasts for two years, but most investors hold properties for 15 years, maybe 10 years if they're not holding for quite as long, but 15 to 20 years is pretty standard. So you might say, well, what's the risk? Well, the risk is that an investor goes out, buys this property based on misleading numbers, thinking it's a great investment. And then after two years, the rent falls by 155 bucks a week. And what does that mean? Well, I, I bought the property thinking, well, I can afford a $200 a week top up, for example. Now, all of a sudden, it goes up almost double by another $155 a week. Now I'm paying $350 and I never budgeted for that because they told me the gross yield was 4.9. And let me be really clear. Golden Homes is not the first developer to put out investment <laughs> information that you know is misleading. There are others. Back in episode 1,292, so 1,292, we talked about another developer and the cash flow trap where they'd put out a cash flow for a property using incorrect and inflated Airbnb numbers that made the property look way better than it was. Now, I won't mention their name here because A, they get quite upset, and then secondly, they've corrected their misleading information. I see what you did there. <laughs> I thought I did that for you in the podcast yeah. list who made a mug Tom. for us. Now, Andrew, if there's one thing our listeners should take away from these case studies, you know, what is it? Because this isn't meant to be a beat up on Golden Homes. No, no, no. Look, I think you've got to remember, developers specialise in building houses. That's what they're good at. But they're, they're usually not investment experts. And that's why so often when we see content get put out for them that's targeting investors, they're not necessarily accurate. And we've pulled up a few of them on the show. And Golden Homes is not the first and they won't be the last. And we're not saying they're bad people. And we're certainly not saying they're bad builders. But their well-meaning marketing team writes up this investment blurb but there may be, this is a good example of where they're going outside of their lane, they're going outside of their area of expertise, and they've made a mistake. And the only reason we take exception to it is because we know the financial impact and hardship that misleading information or inaccurate information can put on people's financial situations. Well, because we put out this show so often, we get people like this investor we've mentioned today who email us with those situations. So we see the other end of it as well. Yeah. And so I think this is why you should do one of two things. If you are looking at new builds as an investment, I think you should definitely use a property investment company. Now, these are businesses that specialize in finding new builds as an investment. So their information is more credible. Now, just to be really plain and clear with you, Opus Partners, who runs this podcast, us. We're an example of a property investment company, but we're not the only ones out there. You can just Google them and you'll find a whole heap of them. So if you don't like us, use somebody else. But your other alternative is, if you are getting investment information from a developer, make sure that you really go through it with a fine tooth comb. Check the claims are correct. Go through any cash flows and check the assumptions and ask about them in detail just to make sure you really fully understand what you're getting into. Right, let's wrap it up there, but please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. It really does help us get the message out to more people. Thanks for listening to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Steve Knight, And I'm Andrew Nicole. And we're going to be back again tomorrow with even more daily strategies, tactics, and insights to help you get the most out of the New Zealand property market. Until next time, 